conference for pregnancy resource centers, right? Yes, he is. I was there yesterday. It's a lot of fun. Yes. So we're doing tabling there for the past couple days. So he will not be joining us, but that's okay. Today, we're going to be talking about our legislative day event that we had on Tuesday. And then we are obviously going to be talking about the U.S. Supreme Court opinion leak that happened on Monday night. So much fun. So crazy much things fun. have been happening. Yes, it's very crazy. So first we can start by talking about legislative day. Um, Emily, do you want to give a little summary of what legislative day is? Sure. So let's, if I could speak correctly, legislative day <laughs> is an annual event that we hold in Lansing, um, ignoring the last couple of years where it was canceled because of COVID, but it's an opportunity that we have for uh, Right to Life of Michigan members and supporters to get into Lansing and meet with the pro-life members of the House and the Senate and, you know, just build relationships, um, do a little bit of a talk about what's happening, what bills are coming up, and, you uh, the different pro-life happenings in the state and hopefully, you know, convince, convince our legislator to uh, advance pro-life legislation. Yeah, it's a really great opportunity for our local affiliates across the state to come and meet their representatives and kind of talk to them and tell them what they would like to see have done in Michigan for now and in the future. So it's a really great way for those people to connect with their legislators. And if you missed it, don't worry. There will be another one next year, hopefully. Um, so no guaranteed, we're no gonna guarantee. guarantees, but we hope, we hope there's another one. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you missed it, no worries. We will have another one next year. Um, I would just stay tuned because I'm sure we'll We'll be talking about it and we'll be posting about it in a couple months. Um, but speaking of legislative day, we had a pretty crazy legislative day. It we? went a little off the rails. It, it did. It did. Um, it just so happened that we already had this event planned. And then the night before, Monday night, kind of late, uh, we got the news that the Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization draft opinion was leaked. Um, and when I heard about this, my initial reaction was, how does something like this get leaked? Like, how, how did this even happen? And what the heck does this mean? I will admit, I did kind of panic because I knew we had this event the next day. And I knew it was going to be really busy and crazy and that a lot of people were going to have questions and be confused and we were already confused and had a lot of questions so it was it was a little crazy I will admit yes um I I can close my eyes and picture it because I was 
reading through, I think I was reading a book on Monday night and I got a text message from Anna and <laughs> uh, just, it was an article, a political article, which is the news source that broke the story. And when you read the headline, it, it very much reads like, oh my gosh, Roe v. Wade is being overturned. Yes. Which was if you had just read the headline, like my heart just started racing because it didn't make sense. It was late at night. Mm-hmm. Opinions had already been released earlier that day. As the resident Supreme Court watcher, I had been watching with bated breath, trying to figure out what was happening. And then all of a sudden, we've got this news article in Politico, and um, it just started this whole series of trying to figure out what's happening, what does it mean, um, looking at the reactions, watching Twitter until like three o'clock in the morning (laughs) to see if there was going to be any rioting. Yeah, I don't think any of us slept that night just because (laughs) we were nervous and excited and didn't know what was going on. Yeah, so for everyone who hasn't really heard or dug, well, I'm it'd be hard not to hear about it, but who hasn't dug into what the draft is, what it means, things like that. So the Supreme Court heard the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization oral arguments on December 1st. And then that was a Monday, I believe, or a Tuesday. And then on that Friday, just like the end of every week, the justices get together and they vote for the initial you know, what's the majority, who's in the majority, who's in the minority, and then they divvy up opinion tasks and and kind of go to it. And then for the next few months until the opinion is released, the justices can change sides, they can write drafts of opinions, things like that. So we don't know what happened in that December meeting, but we have a pretty good idea that there were five votes to overturn Roe because Justice Alito, in December, wrote this incredibly long and detailed, and I still haven't finished going all the way through it, but I'm going to say brilliant opinion overturning that would overturn Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood of Pennsylvania v. Casey. That was written in December. It circulated through the justices of the Supreme Court in February. The leak is dated February, like the email chain it was sent in, which the leak is, was tagged February 10. So we know on February 10, there were five votes to overturn Roe. Um, another part of the leak, which basically was just, they took the draft opinion written by Justice Alito and gave it to Politico. But a part of that leak, they were saying that as of last week, there were five votes to overturn Roe, that Justice Roberts was doing what we all thought he would do and literally trying to split the baby and say, keep Roe, and but Mississippi can have their 15-week ban. And then the three usual pro-abortion suspects of Breyer, Kagan, Sudamayor were very firmly standing that Roe v. Wade is apparently the best thing since sliced cheese. I don't know. but <laughs> Oh, you said they, referring to the people that leaked it. We don't know who leaked it, obviously. True. Nobody, nobody knows did. who leaked it. There's a lot of speculation um, on both sides. Some are saying that it was leaked by the 
if we're using their terminology, the anti-abortion justices trying to give out a warning or a signal that this was coming so that state legislatures could plan. Um, the most likely situation, if we're all being honest, is that it was leaked by a clerk in the staff of one of the pro-abortion justices. A lot of people are pointing their fingers at uh, Justice Sotomayor's team. Um, but basically, what it looks like and what everybody is assuming is that this leak, which is the first time in the history of the US Supreme Court that a draft opinion has been leaked, like a draft opinion, well before the actual opinion act ever comes out, it's ridiculous that this has even happened. The integrity of the court is up in shambles. They're scrambling around trying to find the leaker and it's pretty crazy, but it looks like, and considering there was a organization that gave out the personal home addresses of these six conservative justices and were calling for people to protest at their houses, it seems like it's an intimidation tactic to try and get one of the five who voted, who as of last week was voting to overturn Roe to get them to change their mind. Yeah, for sure. One thing that is really interesting that I didn't get to read the opinion because these oh, past couple, these past couple days have been a little crazy. Um, but one thing I think is important to point out is that Justice Alito made sure that in his opinion, he said, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, and there's other cases that have been ruled based on the ruling of Roe v. Wade. He said that these cases like interracial marriage, same-sex marriage, and contraception, those cases will not change. They will not be affected if Roe v. Wade is overturned. I think that's a really big point that no one has kind of talked about, um, especially in the media. I don't know if you have thoughts on that, Emily. It is interesting. Um, the, the panic, we'll call the, we'll call the uh, pro-abortion fanatics the panic mob because they panic. Um, there was, I know, so Adam Kinzinger is a representative from, I don't even know where he's from. He's known for crying a lot, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he, it's a true story. He got on Twitter and made a post of like, the end of Roe v. Wade is part of this radical agenda. And then next, they're going to be outlawing interracial marriage. And I just sat there and I said, okay, so Justice Thomas is going to make this huge opinion. He's going to sign his name to a majority opinion and then go home and tell his white wife that their marriage is no longer legal. Like, what the heck? Come on. That is out of the outside of the realm of possibility. It's panic, it's fear-mongering, it is not at all true. What not. would happen, what Justice Alito clearly wrote in the draft opinion, is that the overturn of Roe v. Wade simply means, and it only means, that each state, the people of each state and their elected representatives get to decide the abortion policy for their own state, period. End of story. Yeah, I think it's interesting. The last couple of days, we have seen a ton of media coverage on this and just even 
on my own personal social media accounts, just everyone is talking about this. And most of what I've seen is people panicking and releasing false information and they making people scared, making people that they follow that are reading this, especially the big media outlets, they're scaring people and tricking them into thinking that some crazy thing's going to happen and we're going to, I don't even know. I don't know what's going on. It is interesting how many people truly believe that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, that abortion suddenly becomes illegal. Um, And one, that's a complete lack of any knowledge of what Roe v. Wade did in the first place and how our legal system works, what federalism is. Um, we, we could say, oh, public, public education, but that's not kind to some of the good schools out there. But it's just, you know, people jumping to opinions without having any knowledge of what history is, any knowledge of what the legal process is. And abortion will remain legal all the way through birth in several states with no restrictions as we've seen in California and Colorado, it, you'll be able to kill, let babies die after birth. Um, it's gonna be determined by each individual state. What we have seen this week after the, the drop of the draft, I'm gonna call it the draft drop. We had, we had two drafts recently. We had the NFL draft and then the, the, <laughs> the opinion draft. Um, But there were several states that have introduced legislation, pro-life states, pro-life majority states that have introduced legislation that would end abortion in their state. Louisiana just introduced um, a bill that would make the death of an unborn child a homicide. So there is that that little issue of, you know, pro-life states are now having some hope. Um, We talked about multiple times already that states have been preparing for this, but Mm -hmm. it was always, well, we're preparing for this, maybe, kind of, we hope, and now when it's looking that it's more likely we get a full er overturn rather than the 15-week ban, there are going to be some states that say, yeah, let's go for it, but there's also the opposite reaction where you have states like California and Illinois and New York that are talking about furthering their abortion agenda and paying for out-of-state travelers to come get abortions in the case of California. So it's basically going to be each state's going to determine their policy and we're going to do everything we can to make sure that Michigan's current abortion ban, which prohibits abortion in all situations except to save the life of the mother. Um, We're going to make sure and we're going to work our hardest to make sure that stays as our law. You know, one thing that I think Right to Life of Michigan, what we've been trying to remember this week is that it's really great to be excited and to be energized and to be encouraged by this you know we should be encouraged by this but we're also we're also pretty cautious of this is just a draft and we've seen the justice the justices change their mind at the very last second they have fallen to the pressure of 
of, you know, society of fear, they have changed their mind at the very last second. And so I think it's important to be optimistic, but to also be cautious. And we don't want to get our hopes up that and assume that Roe v. Wade is just going to be overturned. And then, you know, something crazy happens. I, I feel like the theme of this is it's all just going to be very crazy because it's starting out very crazy. Like it's already very controversial. And then you have this leak that's never happened before. So it's already starting out very chaotic. I wouldn't be surprised if there was more crazy things to happen in the future. Yeah. And especially if you're looking at like if the court does overturn Roe v. Wade, what we're already seeing is down in Texas, Antifa and other pro-abortion groups have been vandalizing pregnancy resource centers, breaking windows, graffitiing all over the buildings. There was a little bit of violence that broke out at abortion rallies in LA. Um, the Supreme Court, they had fences up within like 30 minutes of the, of the leak happening and there's been crowds outside there. So it is a very contentious issue and we're gonna hope that violence does not happen as a result of the decision, but we also have to be aware that there's a lot of emotion and a lot of anger and we're gonna be in for a, an, in for a slog if it goes down the way we hope it goes down, meaning the overturn of Roe, we do not want violence. <laughs> no, we do not want violence. We support peaceful protests. We've done that for the past 50 years at our March for Life every year. So we support peaceful protests, but there has been violence this week and there has been trying to intimidate the justices and destroying pregnancy resource centers. I don't remember what city that was in, but I think, was it DC? There was a couple cities down in Texas that I know of. They might've been DC. I haven't seen anything about that though, but yeah, there's they... been a lot of pro-life organizations are reporting that they've been getting threats. Um, we haven't got any threats. We have had a couple of interesting people um, with their their opinions of that human beings or, or babies or funguses. Um, that was an interesting email thread, but it, it, you know, and I, I said this on our Facebook page, um, someone said, great, it, there was an article that Vice released that was telling women how to do do-it-yourself abortions using horse ulcer medications. And one of our supporters commented like, great, now we're going to be blamed when women take horse medication and end up really sick. And mm -hmm. I, I just had the very honest response of, you know, we always get blamed for everything. That's the price we pay for protecting human life. Yeah. And this is reminding me of the segment that we do every week. Things pro boards say. What don't they say? And you know what? We can't even do that this week because there's a lot of things <laughs> that we could, we could talk about things that they've said for, for hours, if we were going to do that today, because the things that have been said this week are very disheartening and sad. And it just, I hope it motivates people 
and opens their eyes if they haven't been involved, that they do need to get involved because there are people out there that are crazy and they're passionate about how crazy they are. And they're not going to stop at just the a leak of a draft that says Roe is getting overturned. So I hope it motivates people to stand up and, you know, fight against the crazies. <laughs> and and at, at the core of it, you know, don't be afraid. There's, there's a lot of uh, threats that grow, get hurled around and all sorts of colorful language, but um, what, what do pro-life people really have to lose at this point? We've been fighting for 50 years. We've had wonderful victories. We've had terrible losses. And you know, over 61 million unborn children have already lost their lives. We stand to protect human life. We are doing what we are doing so that there will not be another 61 million unborn children that, that die in abortion facilities or, or now it die at random hotels and apartments when, when their mother takes the abortion pill. And, you know, it can be a little scary out there, but at the end of the day, um, if you happen to be a part of the meetings and such that our opposition has, you, you learn very quickly that they're the, not the brightest bulbs on the shelf and um, they're not as scary as you would think they are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely important to remember. Um, one thing that I do want to point out is this week, we've gotten a ton of questions about, you know, what does this look like for Michigan and, and what's next? And um, what, is, what is this actual 1931 law? Like, what does it actually say? And so I think, I think it would be important for us to do a feature for you guys next week on, on all of the questions you might be getting asked about back alley abortions and what about women's health care and what about the life of the mother exception and just all of these, all of these aspects of our 1931 law that you know, because we haven't been able to enforce it, we don't necessarily know what it looks like. And so I think it would be helpful for us to just sit down and kind of try to explain as best as we can, especially because I know we all have questions. And um, I think it would be beneficial to just try to answer some of them. There is yeah, we've got 176 years of history with with abortion being illegal according to Michigan law. And uh, I think once those questions are answered, uh, it's going to be a lot less scary of an outlook than a lot of people would think. Yes. There is no wild, wild west here. <laughs> no. Yeah, I agree. Um, so look forward to that next week. We will have a feature on all the things you need to know about abortion in Michigan and what it will look like if it hopefully, hopefully happens. Um, and we were, we are also going to have um, a feature from our multicultural outreach department. We've been doing episodes once a month from them. And so we're going to have one of those next week as well. So stay tuned for that. 
Emily, do you have any, any closing thoughts or anything you want to add? Um, batten down the hatches, hold on to your britches because we're in for a wild ride, but I'm excited for it. Yes, we're very excited. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's unprecedented. It's going to be groundbreaking and we all get to be here for it. <laughs> what a time to be alive. What a time. All right. I think that wraps it up for this week. Thank you for joining us and I hope you have a great weekend.